Mr. Bartlett, how good of you to come. Headmaster Fit, John said, nodding. He stood in front of the headmaster's desk, not taking one of the visitors' chairs. Fit very rarely invited a student to sit. Fit was silent for a time, reading some document displayed on his desktop, then finally sat back in his chair and looked at John. Mr. Bartlett, Fit repeated. John started to become worried. Fit's face was as impassive as always, but there was a gleam in the man's eyes. Almost as though he were... happy? No, that couldn't possibly be it. The headmaster was as dour an old stick as there ever was. John didn't think anyone had ever seen him smile. Still, those eyes... You've heard about Professor Smallidge's mishap, I assume? Fit asked. Mishap? John tried to keep his own face impassive, or at least displaying only the sort of mild curiosity one might expect at such a question when one was entirely innocent of the events. A gravitational fluctuation in the heads. Fit leaned farther back in his chair, looking positively casual. Just the sort of thing that's up your alley, I believe. John forced a puzzled look to his face, then added a bit of concern. I'm sorry, sir, I haven't heard. I do hope he's all right. The corners of Fitz's mouth turned up. Not quite a smile, but enough to send a chill through John. Good Lord, where'd I bollocks it up? What didn't we think of? You have been a thorn in my side these many years, Mr. Bartlett, Fit said. A pebble in my shoe, a pea under my mattress. Pea under the mattress? An image of Fit in princess garb sprang to mind, and John had to bite the inside of his cheek to keep from laughing. Have to share that with Wynne and Casey? Yes, you and your constant shadows, Mr. Prophet and Miss Overfield. I'd thought Mr. Peavy might prove an acceptable influence on you three, but he seems to have failed in that. Knew the Pratt was reporting to you, bloody wanker. Fit took a deep breath, and now he did smile. John stared at him with a growing foreboding. And now I'm shut of you. Fit leaned forward and slid his fingers over his desk. He turned the document he'd been reading to face John and slid it across the desk. You won't have heard yet, of course. My condolences. Puzzled, John bent to read. It was a news report out of Greater Sibwood, and the headline made his knees buckle. Bartlett shipping stock plummets. Notes called, bonds questioned. John vaguely felt himself come to rest in the headmaster's visitor's chair. He couldn't even bring himself to read the article. Just the headline was enough. How could their notes have been called? The company was solid financially. His father wouldn't have it any other way. And the banks knew that. Their bonds were all held by the appropriate third parties. Their validity was unquestionable. What could have... There's more, I'm afraid, Fit said. Been nearly six weeks since the last ship from Greater Sibwood arrived in system, you know. Plenty can happen in such a time. 
He reached across his desk and swiped the article away, to be replaced by the next, then again and again, so rapidly that John could only take in the headlines, though that was more than enough. Bartlett shipping scandal worsens. Were Bartlett ships used for smuggling? Merchant Company to guarantee Bartlett bonds. Frederick Marchant says, The integrity of the transport system must not be in question. Bartlett allegations worsen. Stolen cargoes. Piracy claims an inside job, says Major Insurer. Criminal charges imminent in Bartlett scandal. Insurers to sue over false piracy claims. Fit jabbed his finger down on the latest article. Again, my condolences, Mr. Bartlett. He flicked his finger to the side. Edward Bartlett dead. Apparent suicide. Where will the blame fall now?